You're listening to the Nothing But The Tooth Dentistry Podcast. Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of the Nothing But The Tooth Dentistry Podcast. And glad you are all joining us here today. I'm really excited about the person we're going to be interviewing. We're going to be talking to one of the co-founder and co-hosts of the Dental Hacks podcast, no other than Dr. Alan Mead, and of course, his partner in crime is Dr. Jason Limscombe. But we're going to be talking to Dr. Alan Mead today about building your brand in dentistry and how he's been able to utilize the podcast, and now they have a Facebook group with thousands and thousands of dental-related experts in, and we're going to be talking about how that has helped him build this brand that he now has, but and how it's obviously you know benefited him in many ways, not just with his own patients, but with colleagues around the country and around the world. And then we're also going to be talking about just the education that he's been able to get from talking to all of these different dental experts, whether it be clinically, from um, a marketing standpoint, whatever it may be, and how he's been able to apply that in his own practice and, and help, you know, obviously himself with and also his patients and serve more patients that way. So anyway, enjoy the interview with Dr. Alan Mead here and hope you are able to, I know you'll be able to take away some really helpful advice. So enjoy. I'm really excited, uh, kind of geeking out a little bit for our guest today. We have Dr. Alan Mead, who is one of the co-founders of the Dental Hacks podcast, which I'm sure many of you, most of you listening have heard before or at least heard of, and a lot of you are probably in the Dental Hacks Nation Facebook group as well. But uh, Alan, just thank you so much for spending time with us today and uh, look forward to chatting with you a little bit here. Yeah, I'm glad to be here. So, first of all, Alan, walk us through how did the Dental Hacks podcast all start? Because today we see almost 200 episodes worth of content, but way back when there was a, a beginning uh, to everything. So, how did it start? It's really funny. I'm looking on iTunes right now. I, I remember the release date being June 14th, 2014, and it, it says on iTunes it was June 24th, so even my memory is not that... Uh, I don't know which it is. Maybe I, maybe I first posted on the 14th, but whatever. So we're working on four years, basically. Um, and I will tell you that if you want to start a dental podcast, the best time to start it is probably about June 2014, as far as I can tell, because we, we had kind of no expectations, and it, and it, was, it was a real good time, I think, uh, to start it. You know, there's a, there's a lot more of them out there now, so it's, it's, tougher to kinda, it's tougher to gain an audience than it was back four years ago. So um, Jason and I had known each other, and I say that in, in air quotes because we, we hadn't met each other, but we knew each other from Facebook. Jason was lecturing a lot on social media. Uh, and I mean, he and, he and another guy wrote a book on social media for dentists, uh, I don't know, six, seven, eight years ago. I actually had the book too, but um, he, was, he had quite a presence on Facebook and was talking about this stuff. And I was putting together, uh, I was putting together a lecture on, on, social media for dentists and just social media in general. I did that lecture several times at the Michigan Dental Association meeting kind of back in probably the early, the early 20 teens, you know, maybe 2011, 2012, something like that. And uh, Jason helped me a lot. He had, he had a lot of information at his fingertips. And so essentially I kind of like stole a bunch of his material 
uh, <laughs> kind of with his permission, but we, we had known each other since then. And I knew he was, he was very um, up on that stuff. So fast forward a couple of years, I had been kind of pestering him that we should start a podcast because I, I, you know, I listened to podcasts. I've been listening to podcasts since 2006. What's your favorite um, podcast? Oh man. Now I really like uh, the fifth column, which is like a political podcast. Big fan of that right now. Um, did you listen to that uh, S town podcast when that thing I came did. out? I did. I, I, as a matter of fact, S town was released all at once. So you could binge it. And, and yeah. I did, you know, it's, and actually, you know, binge podcasts are great and terrible because they don't last. It's like a good, it's like a good audio book. You know, yeah, you're really I was sad it. when it was over. I know. Right. <laughs> like it was, so S town was really good, but the one, ones that I consistently listen to would be the fifth column. Um, I like uh, Sam Harris's podcast. The, um, Oh, I don't know. I, and, I kind of, the one I've been listening to a lot lately is David, the David Chang podcast, which is, he's, uh, you know, like he's the chef in New York and LA and also it's kind of topical and I, I cycle through, but back in the day I was listening to a podcast that's still going right now, actually called the, um, the skeptics guide to the universe, which I mean, honestly, one of the longest running podcasts, I mean, they've been going for probably 15 years, something like that. Uh, I was listening to them in 2006 and What's funny is I never really said then, man, you know, I should be doing this. I could do this. I just, you know, podcasts were a thing that you could download for free and it, you could listen to them when you're doing chores or whatever, you know, like uh, I do a lot of it when I'm working around the farm or whatever. Well, shoot. So, and there were a couple dental podcasts, like uh, the AGD had a podcast that was not bad at all, actually, but it was somewhat inconsistently released. By the time we came on the scene, there were like three of them that were out and we were totally different. Uh, but anyhow, we, so Jason and I met for the first time at a Cosmonet course in 2013 and uh, we definitely clicked. We had chemistry for sure. And we had actually a bunch of the people that were at that course have since been on the show, interestingly. Like, so we met, we met and we met a bunch of like-minded people and, and I could kind of tell that this was something that was going to work. And so I kept bugging him and soon enough we had, uh, we had, um, Recorded an episode and we were off the races. So June 2014 is when it started. And had you had an interest in like broadcasting? I mean, you, you were a fan of podcasts, but I mean, was that always kind of an interest where you were like, you know, you know I've been I doing this dental thing. I haven't really, I hadn't really been giving it that much thought with regard to broadcasting. Where I came from, not broadcast as much as content creation. Okay. So since, since 2008, I, my office's website has never been anything more than a blog that I wrote. Um, and so I started doing that in 2008. And then probably around 2011, 2012, I became very consistent with what I was writing. Like I was, I was writing often. And what I was finding is that Google likes, Google likes content that's, that's updated regularly quite well. And it's done quite well um, uh, with organic search and stuff like that. So, so I was creating content for a while. And sometimes I would write stuff that would get traction with dentists. It was not written for dentists. It was more written for patients, you know, like in, in my own voice, the way I spoke to patients. But there were times when I would get something that would hit quite virally. There was a, uh, I wrote an article about uh, x-rays, you know, x-rays causing cancer and stuff. Because there was a time, basically, I would try and write stuff that was topical. Whenever something really hot would come up and a dentist would get bad publicity, I'd write something there. So that was kind of what I was doing before the podcast came along. And then, and then the podcast came along and I found it harder to write, hard, you know, like creating audio content was, was what I was spending my time doing and less writing. I'm guilty of that still. But uh, so I actually started blogging. I, I really didn't have a broadcast background. The very first 
like quote unquote broadcasting I did was, was this podcast. Wow. Yeah. Um, so you're kind of, what you're saying is you were almost the, uh, dental version of Gary Vaynerchuk. Oh, I wouldn't, I wouldn't necessarily say that. <laughs> so, so Gary started, didn't Gary start just by doing videos about wine essentially? Yeah. So he was actually the wine guy, but you were essentially the dentist version d- talking of dental related topics, but writing, right? Yeah. Yeah. So he started out writing and then went to video. I didn't realize that. That's cool. Yeah. I mean, he did a mixture of, of both, but video is what really got his, his big mm-hmm. bang, his big start, you know, mm-hmm. and for sure today, but for sure. no, that's interesting. So uh, the podcast obviously is, is grown tremendously. I mean, how many listeners, I mean, you have a lot of listeners now, I'm sure. It's, you know, it's funny. I, I would like, and you probably can tell this too, the statistics that you get from the places that host these things oh, God. are only, are there only, first off, when you first start a podcast, you can't stop looking at them. It's all you do. You're, um, I'm, I'm less into that, but I do, I do watch them and, and the, we have, the audience has definitely grown. We're looking at, uh, we're over 1.2 million downloads since we started. So that's not, that's not nothing by any means. It's pretty but, good. <laughs> yeah. So we, we probably, most of our regular episodes, most of our weekly episodes, probably after four to five weeks, we get, we have about 4,000 downloads on. So that's, that's, we're pretty proud of that. Um, but we've added recently just in the last couple of weeks, a daily episode, which actually is doing pretty healthy on its own. It's a little bit smaller of level of downloads, but but they're also they're shorter episodes, and I think they may appeal to to different people, shorter shorter commutes, that sort of thing. But we've we've done quite well with with the audience. It's it's I'd like to think it's growing, but as you know, the statistics you get from whoever you're hosting with, you can't really tell if they are or not. It seems like it, but yeah, yeah. So tell us about the you know the whole the format of the show when you guys decided you were going to bring people in and and interview them but you also are really and that's what I like about it I wish more podcasts were this way in some sense is really candid it's just very very candid you can tell it's not scripted and and the questions you know, at least if they don't seem that way even if they are uh, tell us about how important that. Um, feel of the show was to you guys as you made it because you're making it your own it's your own personalities within it it wasn't intentional as as jason is sort of pissed by this fact but we have nothing to sell (laughs) we're literally two two dentists that that like work you know we have our own practices so we don't have a service that we're selling we don't have we don't have books we don't have and it drives him crazy that we don't but we don't, and it, even if we did, it would, you know, it would be something that still came from our own experience kind of thing, uh, because that's kind of what we had. We, we were more open and, you know, each of us typically is doing this in the evening after we've been working all day, you know, like we put the kids to bed and that's so, so I think that's where it comes from. I think we're, we're, you know, regular in the trench dentists that are, that are talking about what we're doing. And actually we've had that, we've had the brain trust uh, as part of, part of it, which is just a round table of a bunch of dentists like us who are talking candidly about what it's like to be a dentist. And that's, that has been probably, excuse me, that's been our recipe for success. I think. What's, what's been some of your more popular episodes or one of those ones that really just cut a lot of traction where you're like, wow, I did not uh, expect it to get, you know, that many shares or whatnot. It's a good question. Um, or, let me think about it. the more, more pop. What's really interesting is, and you'll find this over time is that, uh, the longer you've had, when you have content that they call evergreen, which is to say it doesn't, you know, it doesn't get old fast. It's not about, it's not about news. It's not about, you know, it, 
when it's evergreen, you'll find that the longer an episode is out, you can really get epic numbers of, of downloads. And so we found that literally the older ones are, are more downloaded in some ways because, um, because that's kind of, we've got a lot of episodes from some years back, but all of them for the most part are pretty applicable. still. So that's pretty great. I have to say that. Uh, what are highlight episodes? I would say we, well, I'll, um, talking to Rella Christensen was the first was, was a really big deal. And Mike Detola was a really big deal. Cause these are kind of dental heroes that we've had. And I think one of the, one of the biggest cools about one of the biggest cool things about being a, a dental podcaster is getting to actually talk to and meet some of these giants in the industry. So I don't, I, I don't know exactly which ones have done the best. Rella's obviously did really well because she's a rock star. Um, but we've we've been able to have quite a few rock stars on, to be honest. So it's it's been it's been pretty gratifying. What's your outreach process been like? Do you do you just reach out to these folks and hey, you want to be on the podcast, or well, are they reaching out to you? How's that happen? Well, it depends if you're asking now or then, because what happens is is when you have some staying power and you get out there and your name gets out there, it gets a lot easier to get guests. You'll <laughs> you'll find that you'll find that to be the case. So um, we. Uh, we have, most people have been at least receptive. I think a lot of people now know better what a podcast is and what, what it entails perhaps, because there's a lot more podcasts out there and such. Um, we would, you know, a lot of times it would be people that we ran into when we were taking CE or people that we saw had an interesting um, social media reputation or, or social media, you know, how they, how they present on social media. It was sort of that. Um, we always had a lot of people in our, in our brain that we'd like to get. And then all of a sudden we started getting them, you know, over time it was just, and, and what's cool is, is, uh, success breeds success. When you're around for a while, um, people are more willing to do it. So I gotta say, if you're looking at doing this stuff, just, just take the shot. The worst they can say is no, we got said no to a lot of times. Honestly, we get a ton of people that want to be on the show more so than we actually really can, can do. Now that we have the Dental Hacks Daily, we'll probably be able to, to get a lot more people on. But like, I mean, they're just, part of it too is, I'm not going to lie to you, if I'm interviewing someone, I want them to be able to carry an entire hour and, you know, hour interview. And I think some people can't, to tell you the truth. I, I, and I, I'm, not, I'm not pointing fingers, but I think there's some people that I, do, I, do, I want them to have either the personality or the, or the goods or ideally both to be able to carry the show. And so, in some ways, I'd love to say it's because I'm selective. Sometimes I'm just not very good at responding to email or whatever. But but that's what it, we have a lot right now. We probably have a lot more people that want to be on than we actually can have on, which is a great problem to have. That's an excellent problem to have. Yeah, no, we've we've all sat through those painful interviews. I mean, I was a journalist prior to being oh a businessman, and and you're sitting there and you're like um, asking open-ended question after open-ended question. And you're like, my God, shoot! Me. <laughs> it's yeah. like, well, how I do you get out of this? I, I haven't run into too many of those. I think in that way, our our selective process has been good. And between the two of us, or or our, you know, our kind of orbit of people in the dental hacks nation, we kind of know names are coming a lot easier now because people go, okay, this guy would be great. You guys should definitely have him on. And so we take recommendations and that sort of thing too. So it, it's gotten easier to figure out who's the right person to get. What is the Dental Hacks Nation? Des- describe this, this group of individuals on the internets. All right. So the first person to ever use the term Dental Hacks Nation was Dr. Matt Standridge. I believe it was like on maybe the, I don't know, it was on one of the brain trusts and he was just goofing around. And of course that stuck in my head. So years later, um, we started a Facebook group that was originally intended for Dental Hacks listeners. And 
we had a Facebook uh, page for the Dental Hacks. This was before anyone really knew the differences between pages and groups, and, and, and the page never really got any traction. I mean, it's, we've got some people, but, but we don't really do very much of it because a page is sort of like you broadcasting out your stuff and people liking it or seeing it or whatever versus a group, which requires interaction. Well, we, know clearly, we know Facebook's page or, uh, organic reach now is tough. <laughs> yeah, it's, yeah, exactly. And, and I mean, we, we unfortunately, it's funny. It's, it's, I'd love to tell you that all this stuff was planned out meticulously in advance. It all just sort of happened, right? We had no idea that the Dental Hacks Nation would take off the way that it did. Nothing. Um, that was a complete surprise to us. Um, we originally planned it for, for people who listen to the show, you know, like, Hey, come on, we'll, we'll talk about stuff on the show. Well, Facebook doesn't necessarily allow you to just, just have it be, I mean, you could, you could do private invite only, but, but we didn't do that. And so what happens is you get a, you get this, you know, small group of dentists that's super inter interactive and Facebook then starts suggesting the group to other people. So it's just sort of grown on its own. A huge majority of the people in the dental hacks nation do not listen to the podcast to my to my chagrin, but that's sort of how it is. But it's, it's a very interactive page. It's um, oftentimes it's a complete garbage fire. But <laughs> as, as I like to say, it's our garbage fire. So it's, it's, it's all right. Embrace and, it. It's not doctors only. It's, it's, it's full dental teams, anyone kind of involved in the dental business. And thus sometimes it gets a little bit obnoxious, but it's, it's pretty great. I mean, it reminds me of, of dental town in the old days. It's kind of, it's, it has a wild, wild west feel. Some people hate that. But we don't we don't do a lot of moderating, and I think I think there's some people that hate that, and a lot of people that really like that. So that's kind of what the Dental Hacks Nation is. Dental Hacks Nation Facebook group, yeah, I, I've um, just been kind of sidelined watching some of the conversations in there, and they're fascinating. I mean, there's some really, I mean, like posts. If you guys aren't in this in this group, you gotta check it out. There's like posts that will have like over a hundred comments and more, yep. Yep. and this thing just like goes off. And if you're friends with a lot of these people. You're just getting notification after notification, like somebody yep. comments, somebody comments, like, well, I got to check this out. Mm -hmm. That's, that's where I, th I suspect that's how it's grown too. I mean, it's, I think the lack of moderation makes it a place where you can have a lot of odd, weird conversations. Um, but I mean, some people are not into that too. And I get it. We're not right for everyone. Um, and to be honest, it's, it's gotten so, it's so funny because people, people will message me. Did you see this on the dental hacks nation? I can't believe it. And, and I mean, like, it has been literally years since I've actually been able to see everything that's going on in this thing. It's a big thing. No one can spend all their time there and certainly not me. Um, so it's, yeah, any, if, if there's any apologies to made that to be made, that's fine, but it kind of is what it is. It's, it's a pretty great place to, I will say that like, there's, there's some pretty neat stuff that happens there on the overall. I think it's a positive thing. Yeah. And you know, it's a, it's kind of like a, something that unifies, even though, a lot of people are completely different in the group and have different personalities and opinions. It's kind of still surrounded by that one unifying thing that is dentistry, no matter yep. what role you play in it. Exactly. Um, back to the podcast. I know one of the things that you mentioned that you know, I've found in you know, my years of interviewing people and now running this podcast is that uh, the, the people that you interview is really what makes it. You know, That's what makes the hour that you sit down with them uh, just completely worth it. You hear their story, you hear all the, the knowledge that they have and experience. Um, has there been, you know, what's that been like for you as, a, as an actual practitioner, a dentist, to be able to talk to some of these marvelous individuals and how have you been able to um, apply that to your own practice and, and help your patients through guys you've been able to, you know, guys and gals you've been able to interview? 
Yeah, it's it's clearly been the, the biggest influence on me in the last four years, just being able to talk to these people in person. Um, seeing, uh, it's funny, not only do you, you get to interview them, but in a lot of cases, you kind of get to know a lot of these people. Like, like you know, uh, private messaging with people that one time would have seemed like you'll only see them on a magazine cover. And I'm actually like, I'm emailing with them. I'm actually asking them questions. I have access to some of the some of the best of the best to learn from in a lot of great ways. So in that way, I'm very, I'm very proud of it. And for sure, it's helped my practice. I've, I've learned a lot of things in some of some, a lot of it's clinical, some of it's not, some of it is, and some of it's not even business. Some of it is just like uh, when to say yes, when to say no. I, I just, I feel like it's influenced almost everything in my life over the last four years. Um, individual stories are, are, are really satisfying a lot of times, especially what I like about us is we oftentimes will get into the more personal stuff with people that are known for perhaps mostly clinical things. I like that. I'm, I'm kind of proud of that. Uh, I think, I think when we can get them telling stories, that's definitely better. You, you kind of get to dig down too and find out the, the why, you know, why, why are they the way they are? Or why are they mm-hmm. doing what they've done? Is, is there any, I mean, you've interviewed a lot of people, but there are a couple stories out there where you're like, you know, wow, that was really, you know, something different or something that was kind of really fascinating. For sure. I mean, there's uh, getting to the window. Okay. Classic example. Like, okay. So we, we interviewed, um, okay. There's different kinds of interviews that we do. And of course the, the brain trusts are a lot of times are, are regular folks. They're not necessarily dental gurus. Although frankly, on some of the brain trusts, we've had some bigger names, but, but like when we can hear, when we can hear things about, about them, their life, and what's really happening. I love that. I almost like that more than the, than the gurus. But like, the other thing that we found is lately, I, we've interviewed more people in person because we've been, for instance, at um, the Chicago Midwinter. Jason and I were, were hosted at the premiere booth. And so we literally sat for two and a half days straight. Just people would come up and we would interview them. We'd plan these interviews. We literally went there not knowing anyone we were going to talk to. And then we just got months worth of content in there. Same thing, the Voices of Dentistry. We had our own, our own meeting, the podcast meeting. Oh, geez, we got so much content. And there's a difference, a little bit of a difference between meeting someone and talking to them in person than there is doing it like this where you're kind of, we use Skype, but you're using Zoom. You know, it's, mm-hmm. it's the intimacy of actually being in person. I'm kind of liking it. And we haven't really had much chance to do that. But like, Really interesting. You guys should check out Dr. Jeff Rouse, who's really um, cutting edge on, on airway medicine, airway dentistry. We interviewed him via Skype. Oh, I don't know. It was, it was before the Voice of Dentistry, so it had to have been last fall, maybe late last fall. And then we got a chance to interview him in person at the Voice of Dentistry. And I mean, he was terrific in both cases, but it was really cool because it was, you can see the two different kinds of interviews because we got to interview him on Skype and then we got to interview him live. So I have to say, as much as I, I love working with people like, like this, the, in, the live in-person interviews have a real, have a special feel to them. I'll say that. Uh, so in a perfect world, I would just have my own private jet and I'd be jetting around and, and doing all these things with Jason in person. We, we typically can't do that. But, but I will say that's an interesting thing that I never knew would happen. Yeah. What, is, there, is it a challenge uh, having you know, both hosts remotely? I mean, do you, do you, are you ever trying to get together you know, at some of these events? Be like, all right, can we try to you know, do some of this recording together while we're here in person? Or do you, do you like it that way as far as from a host standpoint? You know, it's funny. Um, 
we do Skype and typically we don't do video because video eats bandwidth like crazy. So um, a lot of times, you know, like if, if you're having any technical or you're having inter any internet difficulties, video is going to just make that even tougher. So a lot of times we won't use video. And what you find is when you can't see someone that they're ready to say something or you can't read their body language that they're ready to jump in, it's a little harder. Um, it's quite a bit harder actually. But on the other hand, we technically, I, I've, got, I've got a pretty good setup for being able to record multiple people over Skype. So it's worked out and we've kind of had to learn that. Um, I don't know, being in person has been a lot more fun. I think Jason says more in person too. I think, I think he's worried about that, that technical lag. So he says maybe less when we're interviewing over Skype than in person. I like that. I like when I talk too much. I, I, Jason, Jason almost always has good stuff to say and he doesn't say as much, say enough of it. Hashtag Jason needs to talk more. Yeah, there you go. Fair enough. Fair enough. Uh, the, the whole running a practice, running a podcast, having a family, and you could even add, add a farm into that. Mm -hmm. How, what are the challenges there? How in the heck do you, does, does Alan Mead balance? Is there such thing as balance? How, how do you do this? I, I think, okay, I think there is, there is balance. It's not, it, it's not perfect. And I, and I'm, I don't, um, I'm not super disciplined about, about any of this stuff with regard to, to, to timing and such. The, the bottom line is we stay home a lot. Um, you know, the kids come first. I do most of this stuff when, after they've gone to bed, which is like right now, I mean, we just put them to bed a little while ago. So the time that I might spend, I, I don't watch TV anymore. I just, I've watched TV for four years. I don't, I don't see as many movies as I used to. Like basically the time I, I used to spend doing things like that, I spend doing, you know, editing the podcast, recording, whatever. It's, it, it, it's not like it's trade off. I don't mind. I love doing it. So uh, it's basically just a, it's a pretty all encompassing hobby. We, we get the stuff done and, and, you know, it isn't every single night that, that I'm so busy. I don't know what I'm doing. There's a lot of nights I don't have to do anything. Um, I can spend time on the weekends doing this stuff. It's just sort of, be, it's become part of the routine. So it doesn't stress me even, you know, it's crazy. Like we just added a daily and now we have the website where we're literally, we have one post a day on the weekdays coming out of dental hacks. And I'm thinking to myself, how am I going to get this done? But the reality is if you do enough of it in advance, and you kind of store it up, you can then do it at a pace that's not quite so, um, I don't know, it's just not quite so hectic as I thought. Like, and the more you do it, the more it becomes the normal thing that you're doing. The office, luckily for me, I have a pretty mature office in the sense that it's, um, you know, it's been pretty steady for a while. Um, and it allows, me to, it allows me to do what I'm doing, but it, it runs pretty well. I'm not going to say without me, but it runs, like I don't have to do a ton of, a ton of management there. That's nice. luckily, I mean, that's, I've, I've, you know, I don't have the, I don't have the biggest office you've ever seen or anything like that, but, but it runs pretty well with a minimal intervention on my part or some might argue that, but what's nice, it gives me the chance to do this stuff as well. Did, did your patients, do they know about the, you are a dental podcast celebrity? <laughs> a few, a few, very few of them. I, I don't really, I, I mean, a few have, have, have noticed it, but what's, what's funny is it's, they're unimpressed. Every last one of them, they're unimpressed. The, the team doesn't think it's all, like they've heard it too and they don't think that much of it either. So it's, it's funny when, when we've gone to the uh, like meetings and people have recognized me as a podcaster when my team was around, they think it's hilarious. They think it's so funny. <laughs> That's hilarious. Well, uh, Alan, you know, we're kind of starting to get towards the end of our conversation here. And just for dentists out there, you know, I, I do marketing. I work with a lot of younger dentists who are really 
intrigued by not necessarily just podcasting, but building a brand, you know, building a brand for themselves. And you guys have certainly done that. You and Jason done an excellent job with it. You know, if there are just two, three takeaways, you know, if you were sitting down with a a young dentist today, or maybe a dentist who's mid-career, late in their career, who wanting to do this, what would you, what would you tell them? What are some um, tips or steps that uh, they might need to take to fulfill uh, that dream of theirs? I've got, I've got several. Uh, first off, if you have an idea, you don't need permission to do it. You don't need to ask permission to do it. There's no, I, we never asked if we should do this podcast or not. We just did it. Um, and it's, it's worked out for us. In a lot of ways, you get, you, you get people looking for everyone else's ideas and you, they wait until everyone else tells them it's okay to do it. And I'm going to tell you right now, your ideas are probably better than theirs when it comes to you. You know what your vision is. And so you if you have an idea that might work, you need to do it. And frankly, if it doesn't work, it's okay. It's not the end of the world. The second thing, you need to be able to write. You need to be able to write your own copy, whether it's for your podcast, whether it's for your website. But uh, on the whole, dentists are atrocious writers. You know why? We don't have to do it. I mean, honestly, the last time most dentists have written anything for serious was probably before dental school. And it's, it's a skill that you had at one point because you got into dental school, okay? I mean, like, but on the whole, I've read, dentists are not good writers on the whole, and they need to, that's something, that's a skill that helps in so many different areas of your life, not the least of which creative stuff. Uh, I would argue that if you have a website, you should have probably written every bit of, every bit of, of you know, uh, copy on it, if you can, and not to say that you have to do a blog necessarily, but I feel like you need to be able to write in a similar way that you speak to patients because it's the only way a patient on a website outside of video, which is okay with me too, uh, can actually get a flavor for the kind of person that you are. When they're looking at your website, when they're looking at something that's coming from you, they should be able to picture you saying it. Otherwise, it's not your brand as far as I'm concerned. It's whatever brand your web guy is doing. So in all seriousness, dentists need to write and you need to practice. And if you you don't write very often, you're probably not very good at it. It's okay because you're out of practice, just like anything. But uh, I would argue it's it's a good exercise to be writing, whether that's articles or whatever, but challenge yourself to write. Um, and I think the more you write, the easier it is to, even like in a speaking situation like a podcast, it's easier to fabricate ideas on the fly because you, you've kind of worked with words a little bit. I know it sounds silly, and it's, I know it's not what you were hoping for, but but to be honest, I feel like I feel like it's a skill set that, that really benefits you in a lot of different ways. And you ought to take a look at yourself because if you're, if you're, if you're lacking, it's something you can just get better at with practice. It doesn't cost it. You just got to work at it. Something to do with, I think, the confidence too. It's after you've, you've written something that you feel yeah. proud of or in, and you start to, to do that more and more. I mean, it, it just builds a whole new level of confidence. Like you said, even when you're just speaking and talking to patients, it, it does wonders. It really does. I mean, honestly, that, that's a good point too. I feel like uh, writing is a piece of communication that if you, if you practice that, you'll get better at speaking with patients, but also make sure you speak with patients. And I, here's, here's the greatest tip that I have. I was going to write a post on this coming up. Um, for the patients that get under your skin the most, the ones that you see on the schedule that, that make you kind of like cringe and want to miss work, those are patients that you can, uh, nine times out of 10, I have a solution for that feeling in your gut. And that feeling in your gut is sitting down and talking with that patient, getting to know that patient completely outside of the relationship that you have with them in the dental. 
which is a, a tremendous waste of time when it comes to treating patients. However, it is not a waste of your stomach lining. You will feel better. If you can actually sit down, learn something about this patient and where they're coming from and, and share something about yourself, it sounds so cheesy, but honestly, there's not one person that doesn't like to be talked to in a kind way about themselves, about their life. That's sort of, everyone loves that. And all of a sudden, you switch from the dentist who's going to give them shots and drill on their teeth to a person that they can have confidence in because they know something about you. It sounds so cheesy, but it works 90% of the time. Some people are just beyond, beyond communicating with, but not most of them. Most of them really like that. And um, I have to consciously remind myself to do that for patients that get under my skin. I really do. Uh, but it, oh, I've never had any regret doing it. I've never, even if it doesn't work, I've never had any regret doing it because it makes me feel more human that I tried. So. And cuts back on your uh, supply of antacids that you have to purchase. Exactly. Right? Exactly. Right. Well, I, uh, I appreciate what you're doing uh, for people. You know, if, if they haven't, I'll put in a plug. If you can find everything we're doing at the Dental Hacks website, dentalhacks.com, you can see the, you can see the posts, you can see, you can see the written stuff, you can see the podcast, all that stuff is there. Um, and, you know, if you're, if you're thinking of doing any kind of writing or, or podcast or anything like that, I'd love to hear from you. You can contact us from the website because I, I really enjoy the creative aspect of this probably more than any of it. And I think, patient, I think people can really, there's a lot of good stuff that comes from learning that you're a creative, even later in your career like me. So it's totally worth it. And if, if you have any questions or comments about that, feel free to contact us. Info at dentalhacks.com or go check, us out, check it out at the website. I'd love to hear from you. Definitely, you know, just do it. As we talked about at the beginning of the episode, go out there, take action, make things happen. But when he talks about those patients that we've all encountered, um, you know, it's it really makes a lot of sense what he says. And it's just you need to pull them aside and talk with them. And while that may not be the best use of time up front, it doesn't seem like it's the best use of time, at the end of the day, that could save you so many headaches and so if you can try to sit, connect with this person, talk to them as a human being, I think you're going to really notice a difference in that patient and the kind of their transformation after that. At least that's the goal. And so I really liked what uh, Dr. Alan Mead had to say there. So we want to thank Dr. Alan Mead for joining the podcast and sharing this great interview with us. And of course, again, if you haven't already, check out the Dental Hacks podcast. Make sure you go out there and subscribe and show them some love and join the, the Dental Hacks group. And then while you're at it, hopefully you've already subscribed to the Nothing But The Tooth Industry podcast. But if you haven't, go ahead and hit that subscribe button. Let us know that uh, you're, you're showing us some love here. We would really appreciate that. And uh, we're going to have a lot more episodes coming up here over the next several days. And so I'm really looking forward to that. And also, if you're looking to get in on some dental marketing tips for free, you can join the Dental Marketing Facebook group with Shane Simmons. Just search Dental Marketing Shane Simmons and uh, that Facebook group will come up and we'll make sure to get you in there where we're always dropping some actionable advice that you can take to help grow your practice 20, 30 new patients, which is something that we've uh, kind of specialized in here. So anyway, thank you so much for listening to the podcast and we will talk to you all here next week on the Nothing But The Tooth Dentistry Podcast. Take care, everybody.